Hi, I'm Victoria Chu, Arts and Culture Editor at The Gateway, the campus-wide media source at the University of Alberta, and you're listening to Watch This Space, a new podcast highlighting cool people doing amazing work in all kinds of creative fields. For this episode, our first and inaugural episode, I was joined in the studio by Errold, aka Errold the Story, a past classmate of mine who's gone on to do some awesome animation videos on YouTube. At the time I'm recording this, he's just passed 800,000 subscribers since starting his channel in May 2016. We talked a lot about Instagram and K-pop and putting in 120% and what it's like to be an up-and-coming creator on a platform that's constantly evolving, always innovating, and perpetually on the cutting edge of media. I really enjoyed our talk and I'm excited for you to hear it. Listen on for more. So I don't really know where to start, right? but I guess, yeah, I don't, like you don't want to make this super canned. So I'm not going to start in the beginning. I'm actually going to ask. Okay. You're Asian. I like that. Obviously. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Pacific Islander. I don't know <laughs> if there's a difference. People always talk about Filipinos being Pacific Islanders and not Asian. I don't know if there's an actual distinction between that, but. But like, okay. So I feel like if you're Asian, you're Asian. Right. Like even if you're Indian. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Russians even a part of Russia. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, Russia seems like a little bit strange to some people. But mm-hmm. so when you dropped out of art school, right? What did your parents say? I actually, for these kinds of things, um, even for me to actually apply to art school, like even before I dropped out, was like sort of a hassle. Um, I definitely planned it out though. Like I didn't just tell them, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm gonna go to art school. What job can I get with that degree? I don't know." But um, basically, I just tried to break it down for them, right? Like, they're really old school. They're really traditional. Like, you know, they were like, get a job as, like, a nurse or, like, you know, something practical or whatever, right? But I basically, like, broke it down. Like, I came up with – I actually had, like, a slideshow almost that I showed to them. It was, like – it was just, like, a list of, like, known artists and, like, designers. And basically anything that would, like, convince them that, like, this is a real job. This is, like – this is something that I can actually make a living out of, right? So uh, when I dropped out specifically – it was the same idea. I was like, okay, this is like what I'm dropping out for. I want to start like a YouTube channel. Like these are people who are succeeding and you know, this is what's working. They're selling merch, they're making ad money. And some of them are like living pretty like lavish lives or whatever, right? You just need to like put in the work and you know, that kind of stuff. Domix is living a super lavish life. Domix? <laughs> humans versus zombies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Domix, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely at the point where he can kind of just like kick back and relax now. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he has like that archive of like 140 plus videos and like, um, you know, the, the views just coming on like the daily. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Have you ever talked to Domix? Like, I know you shout him out a lot and you're like, Domix, no. <laughs> Those are like in the earlier videos. I try not to like, um, plug myself to like other creators as much. I definitely like tried to do that a, a lot when I first started, but, um, I haven't like directly talked to him. I've, um, ironically talked to people like around him, like, like his girlfriend and like uh, other creators that like have associated with him, but never to him directly. He, I think he's like a, he's a pretty introverted, like hard to get to kind of guy, right? But work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why did you decide to make animations as opposed to other things? Actually, with YouTube and all that, it was, it's only become like a goal of mine to actually make it like a living read, like just recently, like literally like a year like um last june in 2016 was when i decided i wanted to make a youtube channel i've always been like an appreciator of like you know youtube people and like the content they make but i never thought to myself oh i want to make youtube videos i've always just been like oh i like watching them and i like enjoying their content um 
what made me want to get into animations was it's kind of like a roundabout story but i was working on like homework the other day or last year and youtube autoplay just like sent me to like a random youtube animator and i like caught myself this isn't music and i listened and i watched the videos like hey like this is an animated story this is really cool it's like really cute or whatever and i said to myself i think i could draw better than that mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i was just like hey maybe maybe i could and then I don't know. It was sort of like just a domino effect of like initial incidents and stuff like that, right? Like I bought like a $50 mic at like Future Shop or whatever. I'm like, hey, okay, now I'm just going to like record a video and then draw a few pictures over and then it'll be amazing. And it wasn't. (laughs) My first video was definitely like something I don't like to talk about a lot. But yeah. So if you don't like to talk about it, why is it still on your channel? A reminder, maybe something to like, you know, keep me humble, I guess. I, it's like remember it's important to remember your origins I guess right and yeah just to realize like the progress that you've made for sure um I haven't watched it like I maybe watched it like once ever since I uploaded it like yeah I released it last year like May 2016 roughly um but yeah like it's just <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to watch like I think that's that's a thing that a lot of like content creators can say you know like they look back to their first video that they've like ever made um, like in their in their genre or whatever like if you think of like you know maybe like H3 or Domix or whatever they look at their first video that they've ever made and they're like wow this was hot garbage or whatever right <laughs> I guess if you keep it up though people will keep asking you about it and people will keep watching it and then I kind of I kind of like want people to actually uh, I think I, I find it like pretty encouraging actually because since it was such like hot garbage and whatever um, you compare it to like my most like recent video and like it's like it doesn't even look like it's made by the same person or whatever even like the narrating is different like um, and I think it's funny too like whenever someone makes like their first creation like in that moment where they make it they're like wow this is like this is like groundbreaking material this is a great video and then you know a few months pass and you learn some things you learn some like new techniques about like your craft or whatever and then you look back at your first video and you're like what was I thinking right <laughs> so I kind of want people to be like wow, I really like Errol Story's videos. And, like, you know, he makes, like, all the stuff that he's made recently. It's, like, it's great. I love it. It's entertaining. I like it. And then if they were to watch my first video, I, I, I kind of want them to have this response of, like, wow, this is, like, kind of bad, <laughs> right? Just because I, I find that, like, that leap in, you know, quality and whatever to be pretty, uh, you know, inspiring or whatever, right? Just the improvement, right? So that's why I keep it up for the most part. Did I pick the wrong mic? No, I could always do this, like, the whole time. It doesn't really bother me, to be honest with you. You know what's funny? You got, like, kind of whispery in there, and it was, like, totally, like, ASMR. (laughs) Yeah. You know, okay, that's exactly what I don't want to be. I hate ASMR channels (laughs) so much. I like how some people find it to be, like, really relaxing, though. Like, it's, like, a pre-bedtime routine. I can't imagine, though. Okay, I think it's so creepy, though. It's, like, a scary movie where they're, like, it awakens. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so bizarre. Why does anyone want to listen to that? I'm sorry. Anyone who likes ASMR. <laughs> but it, I just think it's, like, so I think, crazy. like, the sound effects ones can be, like, kind of, like, appealing. But, like, the whispering is definitely a turnoff for, like, me personally. I don't know. I think, like, the like, weird, like, random, like, crunching noises can be, like, kind of cool. But, like, whispering, for the most part, creeps me out. Did you – oh, wait. Do you watch Jenna Marbles? I've watched some of her videos. Uh, did she do, like, an ASMR video did, or like, something? She did, like, an ASMR slash video gaming slash oh, unboxing. That was, like, a parody, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just, like, it was like every genuine or yeah, every general Yeah, it was, like, YouTube every thing. single <laughs> thing that you could possibly do. Yeah, yeah. One, and she's like, okay, so now I'm playing Skyrim. 
<laughs> oh my god. So I hate it. Jen is such a character. I hate it so much. <laughs> I like Jenna Marbles. I just don't oh, yeah. like even ASMR from Jenna Marbles. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. I, I still kind hate of. this. <laughs> I, I still don't enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So I roll. Okay. <laughs> so, would you be weirded out if you know, like on YouTube, people are like, yeah, people come to my house. Oh stake man. Stake me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that for one thing, that's like one of the most like extreme versions of like intrusive fans, right? Because I mean, I think. If they see you like, in public, they're like, oh, hi. Like, no, that, that's cool. But, I mean, to show if it's someone's, like, private properties, like, that's, like, a huge step, you know, past that, right? Besides being, like, loud and rowdy in public, right? If I were, like, obviously, I wouldn't, like, you know, blow up at them and be like, why the, why are you here? And, like, you know, cuss them out or whatever. But, I mean, I'd be, like, I'd be definitely, like, disturbed and bothered. But, you know, I'd try to, like, handle it, you know, calmly, right? But, yeah, no, it's definitely, like, you know, it's a invasion of privacy, it's probably breaking some. Actually, no, it's not breaking a law unless they do something, right? But no, it, it'd definitely be disturbing. I mean, I guess you could say they were trespassing. Yeah. On, if you want to be like me. Yeah. About it. Like even if they're like nice about it, they're like, it, it, I think it's a. It's sort of like all about respect too, right? Like for whatever reason, like let's say a famous YouTuber's like address gets like you know released or whatever, right? You can like calmly go up to their door and like knock politely and like ring on the door, be like, "Hi, is Ryan Higa here? I have your address." I'm just letting you know, hi, I'm a big fan. Like, that's that's not yeah. going to communicate well, right? Um, so, something relating to that, I think one of the, like, best ways or the most genuine way to, like, you know, come into contact with these people is, you know, just, like, treat them as regular people, right? Like, you think of how would you make friends with, like, you know, a person in, like, your class if you're, like, you know, in high school or college or university? How would you make friends with someone, like, in your classroom or, you know, someone, someone like, in that, like, demographic or whatever, right? Like, you you'd, you would just come up with them or you go up to them in, like, a genuine conversation or something, right? You don't go to their house unannounced, right? So I think it, I think it's that that kind of aspect. Has that happened to you? Like, have people approached you, like, um, just in the, just walking around? Locally, no. Um, I've kept, like, my location or whatever, like, um, not, not private, but I'm really, like, ambiguous about it. I'm really general about it. Like, people know that I live in Alberta, and some people have even, like, um on Twitter or Instagram, like, hey, I live in Edmonton or I live in Calgary. Are you going to, like, do a public meetup or something? But I actually haven't run into someone, like, publicly yet, though. Um, although my friends, like, joke around, like, whenever we're, like, walking around, like, on campus or, like, at the mall or something, like, hey, did that person just look at you? I'm like, I don't know. Did they? Right? So it's like, eh, not yet. I think right now I'm, like, obviously, like, I have, like, a pretty decent following, of course, and I'm really thankful for that. But I don't think it's at the level where, like, I'm, I could be, like, publicly recognized, like, instantly or whatever, right? So We'll see. One <laughs> day, maybe. We'll see. Hopefully, it's a good interaction. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to do, like, um, fan meetups and stuff in, like, the future um, for, like, uh, at events, like, conventions and stuff. But for now, in public, if someone sees me, then they see me. So, yeah. Because you're going to Anime Expo? Expo, yeah. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Yes. So fancy. Right? I was telling myself, I was like, wow, I'm flying to an anime convention. An anime mean... convention in the U.S. <laughs> right? The biggest the dollar. one. The biggest one. Ugh. It's going to suck, though, because of the conversion rate and the money. But it's okay. Things have to be sacrificed. <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. More fun than the anime conventions we have here. <laughs> oh, yeah, my god. Yeah, they're like 10 times smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine how big it would be. 
Oh yeah, I think the attendance is like well over like a hundred thousand people. <laughs> so like basically just a country of weeds. Looking forward to it. Okay. Because <laughs> you have friends out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just like different content creators, like all across the board. Like some of them like stream on Twitch. Some of them are like other YouTubers, beauty gurus. It's it's really weird. Like I mean, the online community is just something that's like, it's something that like. There's overlap in like everything, right? Like, I mean, you know, maybe you have a friend that does makeup, and that friend that does makeup knows someone who does like um, video game streaming on Twitch, right? So, um, lots of like connections where you, there's lots of like coincidental co- uh, connections. So, so I guess let's uh, since we're on the YouTube vein here, let's go back to that mm-hmm. that ad thing. Oh man, ah, I think one of the biggest things because obviously I'm like. <clears throat> one of the like up and coming creators or whatever like i mean it hasn't even been a year for me yet but for me to start off as like a new youtuber or whatever and like i hear all this like apocalyptic news about like oh man youtube is over party and like the ad revenue is going down pepsi pulled out of ads and like h3h3 isn't making money anymore i'm like wow this is like the worst time to like enter this game right now and it, it's it's terrifying i mean um you know it's like your livelihood or whatever right and like it's dependent on that when you first start out like i'm hoping to you know expand my horizons by like starting and creating like you know merch for the fans and stuff but with the ad things uh it's definitely like worrisome um i've said it before but um it's also kind of hard to tell how it's affecting my channel personally since i haven't been doing it for so long and like my the money that i was making like 11 months ago was like nothing compared to what i'm making now and even the money that i'm making now it's still like you know up and down throughout the months so it's hard to tell but it's definitely like scary with the whole ad apocalypse thing feel like people when they hear that people are just doing videos on youtube right it's just like super easy when the money oh, is man. super easy <laughs> but then you only like you only put out maybe like one or two videos a month because it takes so long to do right all the... the animation and stuff well another thing i think a lot of like what i'm experiencing now is a lot of it is like i said it relates to how i'm like a new creator and i'm still like kind of like testing the waters like within what i'm capable of and what I can do and what I can improve. <clears throat> um, at the moment, I'm at a really slow pace. And then, yeah, it's around like one or two videos like a month, like the past two months. But I can definitely make them faster. I'm sort of like in an, another experimentation phase right now. Um, I'm kind of like seeing what I can improve and what I can do better. So I feel like once I really hit my stride, it really, it will be like a, it will be and I want it to be like a weekly kind of thing, you know, like every Saturday or whatever. But yeah, um, Another, thi- another thing, going back to the, the comment about, like, oh, like, YouTubers just make videos and it's just, like, an easy thing and it's easy money. Um, I think that's, like, you know, probably, like, one of the most common things that people will say uh, at, like, a surface-level perspective, right? But it really depends on, like, you know, what audience you're trying to, trying to cater to and who you're trying to satisfy and who you're trying to entertain, personal standards. There, there's a lot of different factors that really account for what makes a YouTuber and, like, what makes a good YouTuber, right? Because, like, anyone can make videos hope that didn't peak but anybody can make videos um anybody can upload but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good or that i'll make enough money for them to you know for it to be their livelihood or whatever right um i think another big thing for me that i've just recently figured out was um the pressure and like the attention that you get right because before before i hit like a hundred thousand or whatever I, I just felt like i was doing like my own thing right like oh i'm just like a little youtube channel i'm gonna experiment i'm just gonna make a bunch of uh, videos i don't really care who watches i just want to experiment right but now that i have like this specific like animation story time like niche or whatever and i have like an actual dedicated fan base 
now I feel like, okay, now there are standards for me. And now there are things that I actually have to, there's a standard for me to achieve. And there's a standard for me to like, I had to get these, get this done in like in a certain way, right? To like make them laugh or make them entertain, make sure it's in, in an, an entertaining story. Something like that. How do you write the videos? How do I write? Yeah, do you like just, do you actually write it out or are you just like time to turn on the mic and oh, talk? Oh man, I wish I could do that. That'd be, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like some people could do that, like just write on the spot. I'd love to, it'd definitely save me a lot of time. But um, no, I mean, I definitely have like a day, like one, one day in a week, I'll like dedicate it to like writing or whatever, right? Like I'll go on like Google Docs or whatever and then just like open up like a document and I'm like, okay, what story should I talk about today? Well, actually I, I have sort of a schedule, like, although it changes because like sometimes I, I like, I'll like write a quarter of it and I'm like, this isn't as good as I thought it would be, Ugh. right? And then I'll like, kind of like scrap it and then maybe try it from a different angle or I'll like write like another story video or whatever right which kind of goes back to that whole oh like youtube youtubing is just like an easy job but then again it depends on like what kind of videos you're making right like if you're like a prank channel and then you just gotta go out in public and prank some people or whatever right then i don't know but i think for like youtube animating and like the storytelling thing um to like orchestrate that all together it's definitely like a it's a job that requires attention and focus and hard work right yeah but do you like sleep in a lot uh, not really actually I try to I think one of the biggest traps for me is like since I'm working at home and I'm like I'm technically working like for myself um there's like there's nobody there to like slap my wrists when I do something wrong right like if you're a student you have like you know you have classes at a certain time at a at the certain time of day and you have exams and you have like marks and projects to turn in right and if you don't do that you're you've wasted money on like a six thousand dollar class right and then that's sort of your like initiative to like okay I need to show up to this class and do these things and you know maintain my scholarship or whatever right but I think the biggest trap for like working at home almost or with this like YouTube job is that if I mess up and I don't upload a video like nothing bad happens like immediately like obviously I won't make like the ad revenue but there's no like um there's no big punishment for like not making a video like in that moment right so I try to maintain a schedule like uh I wake up early in the morning to like go to go to the gym if I can morning runs and stuff like that. And then after that, I'll try to um, look at my or start my YouTube work. So <coughs> it's really surreal to see that someone I mm-hmm. knew. Right. Uh, like former is, students. Is, no, like it's so weird that you are now on the internet you right. have like people who follow you and the weirdest mm. thing is seeing people tweet at you being like oh my god you're oh, so yeah. hot <laughs> oh my god yeah i think it, it goes back to the uh receiving all that attention is definitely like a huge thing now right with social media and like it's weird to even to just go on a bit of a tangent but like you know seeing kids who are like 14 15 16 like have huge followings on like social media like twitter and instagram it's it's definitely mind-boggling but yeah i mean I think the biggest thing, too, that I sort of, like, realized was that, like, all the people that, like, you know, have these jobs, the people that, like, make it, or so to speak, they're all, like, they're still regular people, right? So, I mean, obviously, some of their inf- uh, their egos get inflated, and they get out of hand, and they start acting like they're above everybody else, but when they first started, or, like, who they are, like, at the core, essentially, like, they are still a regular person, right? It's just about, like, who the masses dedicate their royalty to or loyalty to or whatever right so yeah i mean i think it's really easy to have like a fan base mentality nowadays <laughs> just on that topic right so for instance when i'm gonna use the example of like idubs sure so Good old when Ian. he started dating a girl <laughs> okay and 
people found out about that people were like oh there were comments that were so weird it was just people being like you know i'm very protective of ian oh my god i i see where you're going yeah 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 so okay what do you think about that i think for me in the definition of like ah, there's no video recording this so you can't see me like air quoting but in the definition of like a good fan it requires like you know you just need to like respect and like um respect and like admire your like you know idol or content creator like at a healthy level or whatever right um i mean because you you have to realize like i said earlier they are a person right they have like feelings they have problems they have you know they're excelling at this thing and they're creating this content for you to watch but that doesn't like you know give you the right to be like oh like i own this person so to speak or whatever or you know oh can this can my favorite idol date this plebeian girl (laughs) or whatever like this regular person right i mean yeah it's just like that idea of like you know all content creators are all like regular people or whatever right like none of us are like you know from another species i think unless you count like animals as internet stars but that's a whole that's a whole nother like whatever topic right but yeah i mean the whole like Oh, like I'm very protective, protective of Ian. That's like it's that's borderline obsessive, right? And I think it's not a healthy thing to think in that perspective, right? You're allowed to like you know covet and you know have affection for them, right? But then you don't want to be like, oh, you you can't like date this person or you can't interact with these people, right? So if you dated someone, would you like put it out onto? Oh, social I've media? actually these are all things that I've talked about with like with my friends and all that stuff, but. I I uh, I myself personally I really like the subtlety, like when it comes to relationships and all that kind of stuff. So I mean I would like maybe like once in a while like post like a photo of us together, but I wouldn't like explicitly like mention in the caption this is my girlfriend, this is her Instagram. You can follow her on this this and this like on these social pages because like some people do that right. They really make their um, relationships public. That's not a bad thing. That's just the way that they choose to do it right. But <clears throat> for me I like the subtlety of it, um, especially like with how my videos are literally like stories and anecdotes from my life i like having that like sanctuary of like my own private you know life or information or whatever right but yeah i mean if i have like you know a girlfriend or whatever i'll i could like post a photo and be like oh we got this food today but i won't be like i said in the caption this is my girlfriend this is her whole full name this is her ethnicity like that kind of stuff because some people really do put it on like a public platform to that level right especially like you know like life vloggers and stuff like that but it's not my style essentially so in my personal opinion, I think when you get to that level where you're like, when you're like almost advertising like your, you know, significant other or whatever, it's just, to me, if you do it like so much and so often, it kind of has this, like, uh, for lack of a better word, like non-genuine kind of feel to it, right? Because it's just like, like I said, it almost feels like you're advertising like who you're dating, right? And I And I like the subtlety of it, so... Just keeping it genuine, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess it turns it into more of a commodity. Yeah, right. And then it, it um, the relationship focuses more on, like, who you are to the public eye opposed to who you are, like, you know, to each other in, like, in private or whatever, like, how it should be, so. Did you watch <clears throat> First Prank? Prank how, oh, yeah, like with they, um, Jesse and, I don't know their yeah, names, no, Jesse how they and someone else. ended up breaking up, and they were talking about how kind of I guess part of it was that their relationship was like constantly under scrutiny yeah because they would daily vlog right? right yeah I think yeah it's just the it's like overexposure almost to you know being in the public eye like I said like some people are down for it and some of them can pull it off but you know too too much of one thing is never is never like good essentially right I mean if you're always like yeah it turns into like a commodity like you said um 
And I can definitely see how that could create strain in the relationship. I mean, like, if millions of people are, like, watching you and, like, criticizing, like, oh, you guys went to get this food or, like, oh, you guys did this together. And it's just, it's, it's like, overexposure, right? Mm-hmm. So back to the YouTubers as normal people thing. Right. Jake Paul. <laughs> it's kind of hard to see him as a... Normal person. Yeah. I think... It's every day, bro. <laughs> every every day. day. Yeah, I think... um sort of in that like niche of YouTubers, I guess. I, I don't I don't think there's like a specific word for it, but you know, all the ones that are they're super they like to like show off like what they're doing and where they are, like, oh I'm in LA right now. I'm like I'm on I'm on my hoverboard. I'm eating a I'm eating a fidget spinner. Like all, all like they're <laughs> they're super I think the only thing that I can come up with right now is like they're like super trendy, super like they're showing off what they got. Like I said, nothing wrong with that. Some people might think they're like being too you know, showboaty or cocky or whatever, but, you know, as long as they're, you know, not, like, outwardly, like, hurting anybody, they, you can do what you want, essentially, right? But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sort of, my only concern with it is that with, like, their age demographics, like, a lot of them are, like, young teens or whatever, right? And, like, for them to think that what gives you value is, like, being in L.A. or being in New York and eating a fidget spinner off of a hoverboard or all that crazy stuff, right? It's It's kind of concerning, but, I mean, I don't know. It's... I think it also goes back to how I guess content creators almost have they should they should be aware of their of how they affect their viewers especially if they're like young or whatever right I think I totally just went on like a mini tangent there I, I can't even remember what the initial question was but yeah I think with that whole like super trendy um that whole like super trendy niche you know, like where you're showing off it's just there's it's it's superficial right so something to be aware of I guess yeah. I thought he ran a YouTube I thought he ran a YouTube channel and dropped out of college. What? He shouldn't be speaking. I didn't know you dropped out of college actually cuz like you just talk about art school, right? Mhm. I was like, "Hmm. <laughs> guess he's just doing this during the break." Oh my god. It, this would not be possible during like school. School time. I would not be able to balance this like with any other like full-time commitment. It, it really is like a full-time thing. Are you working on a video right now? Yeah. But like I said earlier, um I'm really like in this like kind of redevelopment stage i guess because like i know like like i said i look back to my older videos and think okay how can i improve this or how can i make this better right and because like i i kind of know and i think all creators think this all, all content creators they sort of have an idea of like what their like maximum potential is at that moment like what's like the best thing that they can produce like you know in this moment or whatever right and i'm trying i want to work as close to that as possible right i want to like deliver on like my highest level opposed to like half-assing it and getting a video out every week right because yeah i'm sort of in this like <clears throat> i could almost like say it's like growth pains because i'm figuring myself out more but like uh, the videos aren't coming out as fast but i think once i get like my stride and once i get things going and i can actually deliver content that i'm that i'm happy with and that my viewer that my viewers will like appreciate and like even more and still get it out on a weekly basis opposed to monthly because i feel really bad about uploading monthly but yeah and then you'll get the comments being like, what? "Is Errol dead? Yeah, where like, did he go?" Yeah. Even though ten percent of only ten percent of my subscribers follow me on Twitter. <coughs> Anyways, no one uses Twitter. I true. hate Twitter, honestly. I'm I'm actually more of an Instagram guy. I I've always been a fan of Instagram, even though the timeline isn't chronological anymore, which is total BS <laughs> in my opinion. Honestly, okay, I'm on Instagram every day. Right, I post. Once every four months, maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's like the observe and appreciate type more than the post and. Because I hate posting pictures of myself. Mm-hmm. I like do it every once in a while, just be, like to show that I'm not dead. Yeah. But I don't. 
I don't know. I don't like taking mm-hmm. pictures of myself, especially. Yeah, honestly, for me, it, I think it's kind of funny. Like, almost going back to that whole topic of where I was talking about subtlety, um, I find myself like as a person like I'm. I don't really feel the need to really like advertise or like put myself out there for the most part. Like, I don't really feel like oh, I'm in Cabo like today. Like, I'm in Mexico vacationing. Like, that's not really what I would do. But you know, since I have this YouTube channel and I want to like interact and like keep my fans updated, that's what I have social media for or like Instagram and Twitter specifically because like if I didn't have this like you know big YouTube channel or whatever I feel like I wouldn't even be like using my social media that much at all really so not gonna lie I have how many followers like 150 (laughs) followers right yeah I'm like to be honest acquaintances and like old high school friends half the people I follow I'm just following out of obligation right yeah I think I I definitely did like a a bit of a purge once I graduated from high school it's like I'm never gonna see you again so I just kind of like soft block them (laughs) I did that on Facebook yeah I think there's definitely like a purging that you can go through once you you know like finish high school and all that stuff no, there was this guy. I probably cut this out of the actual thing because this is not relevant. Right? At I, was like, all. I was just like rolling with it. I was just like, this is not, okay. <laughs> no, but there is this guy, and in sixth grade, right? Uh, I guess like I got in trouble, and it was the only time I ever got in trouble in school. Sixth grade. And yeah, it was at public school. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got in trouble. Right. And Did you I'd, fight him? Well, no, because I, I didn't know that it was him at the time who ratted me out. Oh, sure. So I found out years later like i think last year i found out right and no one knows who i am they know who you are but i'm <laughs> the same age right so that's a while and i was still friends with the guy on facebook and i was like gotta do my old younger self some retribution so <laughs> i went and i blocked the guy <laughs> retribution I'm blocks like, he's not gonna he's not gonna know but i'll know <laughs> i'll know that he's blocked <laughs> taking revenge on him good excellent feel the feel the power feel the block yeah so is it surreal i guess when people want to meet you and talk to you and they freak out when you yeah i mean respond to them i think the biggest thing and one of the things that helps me the most is like i just think back to how like you know i was one of these kids too who like looked up to these creators and like wanted to be noticed by like my favorite idol you know youtube creator or whatever right and i was just thinking like how for me personally, like let's say someone tweets me on Twitter and I like favorite their tweet and they like they screenshot it and then they post it on their page and they're like, Harold replied to my tweet and like they put like the date and the time. I'm like, wow, D- did did me liking that post really affect you that much? And like that was me. That was like that was me. Like you know, a few years ago back in high school, like you know, one of my favorite artists or whatever, I like commented on one of his posts and he said, oh, like thanks for liking it. I'm like, but but I'm just you're like God and I'm just the person. Like how could you? How could you acknowledge me, right? And I think it's just, you know, it's all about, like, perception, right? Like, you know, these younger audiences or whatever, they really put their creators on, like, a pedestal almost, right? So, yeah, it really is surreal. Like, I mean, like I said, the attention is really, like, it's it's a bizarre, it's a very bizarre and powerful thing. But I'm also very thankful for it, obviously, so. Okay, so the way I think in my head right, is kind of all over the place yeah so you'll find that i jump back and forth between a lot of topics that you've talked about like way in the past you're like we're past that oh we're yeah no go for it, it. Like, I, i'm, I'm just all gonna go for straight it, back into i find it. it more genuine actually so, so go for it yeah i think about this like in this way all the time which makes conversations confusing no i'm like, cool with it. i'll roll with it yeah so <laughs> normal <why>? people <laughs> yeah sorry okay you know what for like people who think linearly <laughs> or like the standard yeah yeah, yeah so no. i'm okay. definitely not like a very linear 
solely based on the fact conversation kind of person i'm definitely i can definitely dabble around in like the more abstract or whatever intuitive things so go for it <laughs> okay so why'd you want to be a, a nurse or why'd you want to go into nursing school um honestly that suggestion so i actually decided that i wanted to go into nursing um when i was in my first year of high school actually in canada that's in grade 10 um or well in this part of canada so i actually decided okay i mean i looked at like all the recommended programs and I was kind of seeing like how well I was doing in my classes and I was seeing that like I was doing like well in my science and biology classes and I was like okay at math and like my overall average was just it was like decent it was like honor standard which is like par for you know nursing or whatever right so I was just like you know what I like interacting with people I guess helping people is like an okay thing to do so I was just like I guess out of everything nursing is probably what fits the bill right because Nursing, I found, like, at the time, like, the the average, the competitive average was, like, you know, in the, like, the lower 80s, and it was, like, you know, focused in, like, science and biology, and, like, those are things that I was excelling at, and all my other subjects were, like, you know, low 80s, and that, that was, like, that was okay, too, right? Um, I didn't really have, like, a passion or anything for, I didn't really have, like, a specific passion towards, like, you know, medical science or, like, helping people. Like, I wasn't even, like, oh, like, I'm a huge, you know, human, like, humane person. Like, I was just, like, I could probably do this job okay. <laughs> I was like, this is this is probably convenient. I hear that nurses make, you know, pretty decent money or pretty good money, right? So, and, you know, um, I wasn't excelling at math, so engineering wasn't definitely not a thing. Math, ugh. Right? Or, you know, lawyer, I was not down for, like, more than, like, four years of school. or I, Yeah, I, that was another thing, too. Um, doctor was a huge no for me because six, ten years of practical and schoolwork, that was not something that I could commit to, especially if I wasn't, like, you know, oh man like medical science and like this is like my my dream and I also wasn't like I didn't have the marks for it either right so I was thinking like what's practical what can I do what would I be good at and what would I not hate so it was really I really how I came to the conclusion how I came to the conclusion of nursing was it was just like what I was willing to um what's the word it starts with a C um compromise no I, th I think you might be thinking of compromise Something like that. It's what I was willing to, like, sacrifice for, like, what yeah. I was content with or whatever. That, that's compromise, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was willing to compromise for. Like, it's an okay job. It pays well. It's a respectable career. My family will respect it. I'll be okay with it, right? So, yeah, up until, like, the, I, and that, I decided that in grade 10 because I wanted to, like, know what I was doing throughout high school, right? So I was like, yeah, okay, nurse is what fits. I went to, like, my counselor, and, you know, like, she planned everything out for me, and she, like, put me into, like, the pre-acceptance program and all that stuff so yeah I was just like nursing and in short nursing was convenient it was something that I could do and that I was capable of and it would give me like a good livelihood and it was respectable so that's how I came to the conclusion of it but I wasn't enthusiastic about it okay yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. also so many Filipino people are nurses <laughs> really yeah that peaked maybe I mean, Filipinos and nurses I don't know I don't think I've <laughs> I've never really hung around the clinics here hospitals too often to know but i can see them i can see them being asian for sure filipino specifically no idea it's not like they're just like full it's like oh, it's all filipino <laughs> it's just people, like a... <laughs> but there's just like i know a lot of filipino people who are like mm -hmm. either nurses already or studying to be nurses oh yeah yeah that's just, true too yeah I no noticed. definitely a lot of there are okay i guess i can acknowledge that definitely a lot of filipinos in the nurse workforce See, the interesting thing about this is you never know what I'll cut out and what I'll keep in. Right? I was thinking about that. I was just like, <laughs> was what I just said okay? Is that suitable? Is that too is that too off the topic? 
It's exciting. No such thing as off topic here. Yeah. <laughs> I literally got free reign for this. Okay, I asked Omar here at upstairs. CJSR. I was like, what do I have to do for this? He's like, just has to be interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I can do that. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my best. Yeah. It's not me who has to be interesting. <laughs> right? The pressure the pressure's not on me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not not who people are here to see. <laughs> I'll do my uh, best to be yeah. semi-interesting. Well, you only have to talk. be interesting to people who already think you're interesting. Ah, that's true. So Half yeah. of the work is already done. Yeah. Is this even going to be in the podcast? <laughs> when I went into university, I went to science. Right. Like general sciences. Yeah. Right. Weirdly, because I'm not a science person mm -hmm. i like biology but i'm very much a writing english talking mm -hmm. communicating yeah social studies at least kind of person yeah so after a year of that i ended up just switching right so yeah i feel like general science is just something that people kind of like to go into because it has like a lot of it's really general so there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of like flex to do that so if you want to transfer then it's definitely like a thing that you can transfer from right so but the sad thing is i don't even like science that much <laughs> like just, i never really like science that much right I, the honest to god like the reason i did it because i'm a lot more suited for like general arts if anything right was i was thinking if i went to general arts and honestly this is not really true but i was thinking if i went to general arts just wouldn't come out with anything mm -hmm. um but then when i went into science i kind of realized that it's the same with science too so if you don't really have that much of a goal yeah like even though it's like considered like the more practical thing it's like you don't really know if it's still going to like bear fruit or you know if you like come out with something so to speak yeah like people mm -hmm. would be surprised you know like you think that general science is better than general yeah arts, actually Almost going back to that topic that we were talking about before um, regarding as to like, oh, how did you like convince your parents to let you go to art school? Or how did you convince your parents to drop out of art school? Which is actually kind of funny because I convinced them for me to go to the art and design school. And then I dropped out a year later. <laughs> but, but for good reason, hopefully, right? But um, going back to that, a part of the reason that helped me, um, what helped me convince them was I, I kind of told them and I went through an examples was that like what we just talked about, just because you go into like a respected, like a well-respected and, you know, semi-prestigious major doesn't really ensure that you're going to, you know, get a career or that you're going to like it or whatever. Actually, one of my biggest examples was um, my um, a family friend that they know that like that my parents know that I know. He actually was an engineer. He was in uh, he was in. Yeah, he was in engineering. Might have been. And it was something really fancy. It was like biomedical engineering so mm -hmm. they're like oh something that you can brag about to like yeah. the other aunts and uncles right and then by the third year he was like i actually do not like this i uh -oh. did this because my family liked it and he was three years deep this wasn't a one-year commitment he was like three years deep actually no it was nanotech so still like it's that That's really fancy, like yeah. yeah that fancy super yeah. fancy sciencey major right he was in nanotech and he was in that for three years i think and, like, you know, obviously there was, like, debt for that or like he had to pull out loans for that. And he was, like, maybe, like, 30K deep or something, right? And then for him to go up and tell his parents, hey, um, you know how the whole nanotech thing? It's not working out. I'm dropping out. It's been three years, but it's not, it's not for me, right? So, you know, I kind of, like, told them that. And, and there are also obviously, like, other, you know, examples of that, too, just all around. Like, you know, people going into a major that they're not sure about. And then, you know, they might not 
be into it as they thought they were, or they might not be able to handle it, or whatever, and then they end up dropping out. So when I po- when I pointed those things out to my parents, they're like, okay, well, fine. Like it it just gave them understanding. Also, I think in general, my parents they're not really like <clears throat> they're not tiger parents. They're not the super stereotypical like Asian parents. Like they wanted me to go to like medical medical school, but they weren't like pushing me or like slapping my wrists for me to do it, so to speak. And actually, something similar happened to my mom because she actually went into I think, I don't know, some, some sort of, like, accounting course or whatever, some sort of, like, business accounting, right? And she didn't like it. So, like, I don't I think she finished it. She didn't drop out. She finished it, but she didn't like it, and she didn't end up getting a job in it because she didn't like it. So she's like, okay, well, if my son is feeling how I was feeling when I was, like, at his age, then maybe I'll give him some freedom to decide on, like, what he wants to do with his post-secondary education. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents are the same way not really super strict on mm-hmm. what I should be doing as long as I'm doing something. Yeah, they were big on me like, okay, well, I mean, okay, you want to do this, but what I don't want you to do is to just like go on a gap year for like no reason, so to speak. Or like if you're going on a gap year, you know, try to be, you know, somewhat productive or like, you know, actively look for what you want to go to school for, right? They're just like, don't just stay at the house and, you know, play like Overwatch the whole day or whatever, right? So yeah, I think a lot of what helped me convinced them was that I was showing that active effort you know I was like doing research and I was like finding all these artists and I was like I was like um doing some like awards at school like relating to art and design and my parents were like okay well he's working for this and he's showing that he's actually like putting work into it and he's showing that he's dedicated to this so we'll let him you know take the leap and go to this fancy art and design school or whatever right so yeah it's all about I don't know like I try to be as practical as possible like even though I'm pursuing this you know unorthodox and very like creative type of job i still want to approach it like with you know objectiveness and you know try to be um just straightforward about it right so yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. alternately you could take the route that my dad did (laughs) where he finished a degree and he's like oh not really sure Uh, if i wanted to get a job in this mm -hmm. solution get another degree oh my god (laughs) but then but then there was like the whole what if the second degree, but no, yeah. No, not even Joey. That's what happened. Oh, like, my he God. He did his second degree, and he was like, and he was paying for it the whole way through. So, yeah. of course, you know, this was quite a, it's like expensive to not know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly, right. So that's kind of a limiting factor for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You don't have the, the freedom to decide necessarily. Yeah, but for sure. He did because he was just <laughs> willing, I guess, to work and earn more money and spend it on school. Yeah. So he decided to do another degree. Mm-hmm. Man, you could oh man, you could totally pay for those things back then. Yeah. <laughs> with like a, a regular non degree job. Yeah, exactly. So he would just work in the summer and during the year mm-hmm. and it would be kind of enough to get it. Man, that's by. crazy. I think nowadays if you work for like the summer then you can like pay for like a textbook <laughs> or something like that. I yeah, okay. I have a summer job right now. Mm-hmm. It's full time. Right. And with the like the total amount, I think I could cover of like Come on. Courses are 500 bucks each. Okay, well, I think it depends, I guess. Or so I was thinking of the whole semester. Anyways, continue, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, but I think I could cover, I don't know, 75% of my tuition, but mm. that doesn't account for books yeah. or fees. So still, like, stretch, like a huge stretch. Yeah, so in that's comparison. just for classes, like yeah. sitting in a yeah, class yeah, yeah, yeah. and listening to a prof talk. Yeah, like if you need, if you need like, rent and stuff, you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, and keep in mind, that's like, a full eight-hour workday yeah. every single day, yeah, you and I work count. overtime. Yeah, you do count for, like, you know, I don't know, your uh, 
what you can handle mentally and all that stuff too and like how busy you'll be during throughout the week after it's you like come tiring. home from work yeah exactly right yeah. especially if you're like trying to juggle like school and a job okay well you just did a 10-hour shift at this like fast food place and now you have to study for four hours wait a second you don't have you need four hours to sleep right so it's just like oh god a lot of compromising and i don't know a lot of things to figure out so you need like a godly amount of vitality <laughs> to yeah. pull that off i don't know if you thought this way in high school right also, high school but high school thinking when you high think school when you're in high school and you think about people in university you're like oh well you know if you just work hard mm-hmm. and you take five courses, you take a full course load, like you should be getting good marks. Oh my God. But <laughs> it's so hard. I think, yeah, I think it's it's just not that simple, right? I mean, if you were like a robot that could like cut off your feelings and be like, okay, well, I don't need a social life or I don't need to, you know, balance my like work relationships, my, you know, relationship with my parents or going out. Like, I mean, yeah, if you could study for, you know, X amount of hours, then you're going to get, like, you could get good marks, as, as, assuming you have, like, a decent understanding of, like, the topic and stuff. But um, <clears throat> university is much more than the schoolwork. It really is the social aspect of, like, how we live is a huge thing, right? Like, you need you need relationships to survive. Okay, well, for the most part, like, I mean, there's, like, I'm sure there's that, like, 1% who are totally fine with being hermits. They can, they can do them, right? But for the most part, you need to, like, go see your friends or maybe go see your parents or whatever right like it really takes it takes discipline to manage your workload and your like social life and all that stuff right because one affects the other right like i don't know if you have like a <clears throat> a crappy relationship with your friends and things are going downhill then obviously your morale is going to go go down while you're trying to work for school maybe right or and you know vice versa right so yeah i think um in general, university is much more than just the work and just the degree. It's also developing your social relationships, right? So, yeah, not an easy thing. <laughs> yeah, people who work full-time and go to school full-time. Oh, my God. God. They're either, like, broken and dead on the inside or they're cyborgs. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Nuclear-powered brains. Like, my dad said he knew this girl when he was in school, and, and they gave out medals, I guess, at the time. For right. Like highest marks and things like uh-huh. that, so it's like gold medal, silver medal, <laughs> and she would always get the gold medal. Yeah, and that was just because she was, I guess, older, so she had a family of her own, and she didn't really party at all. Right, you know, you're older, you're not really yeah about that life. <laughs> I guess you really need to hang out with the kids who are half yeah. your age. <laughs> so you just study, and mm-hmm. you always get great marks. But yeah, when you're younger, you know, it's not yeah, I think there's also this. Um, pressure almost to you know as a young millennial or whatever right like a you know 18 to i'll just say like just to really general like let's say like 18 to 23 or whatever like in that in that age range there's like almost like a pressure to be like oh you gotta like get up and do some crazy stuff you gotta jump off a bridge to like you know high high paced like edm music or whatever right like all that kind of stuff i like i think it goes back to what i said earlier about how um, what's really no, um, common or normal nowadays is for all these like internet personas to be, you know, they're like flexing all these things. They're like, oh, I have like this like nice Rolex and I have this car and I'm like, I'm 17 and like, you know, I'm doing these crazy live vlogs and, you know, like I said, like high paced, like EDM music is playing in the bath- in, in the background and they're like jumping off a bridge in slow motion or whatever, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I think what can really give you a huge advantage while you're like in university or whatever, or even just in general is just, you know, know what you want to prioritize and kind of, like, decide for yourself, you know, is partying and, like, going out frequently what I want to do and, like, am I okay with, like, 
by using that time to party or using that time to go out with friends or whatever, um, am I satisfied by using that time for that instead of, so to say, I don't know, like developing like a passion project or something, working on yourself or working on your studies, right? But I think that's like the challenge, right? Like I think that's what we try to figure out um, on a daily basis or like for our whole lives is like what do we want to prioritize or what we want to give our time to, right? So, yeah, that was like very philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Philosophical. But that's what you're here for. Right? See, when you start to ramble, that's when like the good stuff yeah, comes Yeah, I'm out. happy to ramble it all out. It's good. But yeah, I think, I think those are some of the core concepts that I really like to kind of express and talk about really is like you know content creators have to be aware of their <clears throat> of their influence over their audience and you know what they're doing um indirectly affects how their audience might think or whatever right so jake paul we we hear every day bro <laughs> <laughs> i got a random cue yeah has anyone seen themselves in one of your videos and been like what the heck oh yeah well for the most part okay it has it has happened um, for the most part, all, like, the friends in my videos, like, I, I am in, like, constant contact with and I know them, like, well for, like, the most part. So if they do see themselves in a video, they're, like, they're never, like, oh, my God, like, why, why am I in this video? Right? Like, they're, like, oh, you know, Errol did a video. He did his thing and I'm in it coincidentally, right? Um, has it really brought forth, like, an issue, so to speak? Well, a lot of what I put out on my channel obviously is, like, fairly, like, PG. It's nothing like, you know, I'm not, you know, advertising, like, I'm trying to think of like some sort of like bizarre or like crude example, but like I'm not like advertising like You're this person like this like, terrible I thing. Smashed last night. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or like you know like oh like my friend was making out with like six different girls and a you know like two dudes and a you know a dog and like and nothing like that <laughs> obscene, right? So I mean, even if a friend is in a video, it's like you know maybe we went to like it was like some dumb thing that happened in high school or whatever. But it you know like I said, it's like it's pretty like it's pretty PG or it's something that you could. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's, like, something that, like, anyone could watch without, you know, being terribly, like, offended or anything. Like, I think in future videos, I might bring up, like, you know, like, alcohol or something. But, like, I mean, like I said, it's not going to be, like, a crazy blackout story or, or well, maybe it could be. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the future, right? But for the most part, it's not going to be, like, some sort of, like, crazy L.A. blackout kind of, not that kind of story, right? It's usually more, like, for the most part, it's, like, more, like, wholesome, more fun, just, like, you know, wholesome funny really light-hearted stuff right nothing on the extreme end of, of whatever so whenever like a friend is on a video they're like oh i remember that time that we did that <laughs> so yeah it's it's pretty light-hearted for the most part mostly i do a lot of in a lot of my writing i'll right. just talk about people yeah like willy-nilly and it's a big thing like a big debate for people who like to write i don't know I, I feel like i'm not a writer i'm like just a i'm just a kid yeah who likes to type stuff <laughs> i think there's like a big uh there, there's a right now there's like a huge obsession of like labeling yourself as something right like oh i'm a writer or i'm an actor or you see people like in their like you know social media bios i'm a actor singer writer uh foot performer or whatever right? they have all these tags and stuff but sorry continue when i write things i don't know people who like to write things mm -hmm. It's kind of a big point of contention if you want to bring someone up in kind of a way that's not super neutral or flattering, I guess. Right, yeah. Like I can see where uh, that's coming from. I, yeah, when I'll talk about things like sexual <laughs> history and stuff like that, like I will not name people, but I'll talk about people. And if they're like 
you know, or people who have been like racist to me, yeah. et cetera. Like if you read it and you like know enough, you'll know who that person is. Yeah. Do you bring that up or not? Yeah. I think one of the, that sort of brings about the topic of like, when you put someone that the audience does not know, the way that you paint them is the only way that the audience understands or sees them in that way or that perception, right? So, I mean, you could, like, if you, if you know them in real life, like the person that you're putting on, you know, the stage, then people who, like, know them in real life know that they're, like, not, like, a terrible person or whatever. But if you, you know, say that they did this, like, negative or unflattering, you know, thing on your, like, show or on your, what you're, on your article, then the, the public will be, like, They'll, they'll just have this bias against that, right? And I think that's a huge thing that you need to be, like, careful. Out of 100,000 people, you know, to abandon <laughs> my actual core audience. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, junior high, high school is a hot spot. And for these, like, animated, like, story time channels or whatever, I don't really like calling them story time. <laughs> it, it's story story. I, I think story is fine enough on its own. But, they, yeah, these animated story channels is that it's just really engaging, you know, I mean, if I'm sharing an experience I had in high school, like with, a, for example, like um, if I had like a weird or funny history teacher or something, for example, you know, you know, I think for the most part, I'm hoping at least that like every school has like a history class or whatever. Right. So it's really engaging for like my audience because, you know, oh, like this is Errol's experience. And this is like what was funny about his class. I have a history class, too. My teacher does this weird thing. And it's something that's very easy to be discussed. Right. And that's why I feel like these story channels have such like. <clears throat> such royal fan bases is because royal loyal 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 right loyal. Ro- oh, that'd be cool to have royal viewers too <laughs> <laughs> but loyal they're very like loyal to these content creators because i mean there's just like such an attachment right like i mean i share these stories with them and like they relate to me or they think it's funny because it's the complete opposite right they like, compare and contrast right and um my own personal thing which i really like is that with like these story time cha- god story times these story channels is that like um, it really requires me to put like effort into it. It's not something that like I half-ass or whatever, or it's not like it's not easy to make content, so to speak. And I think that the loyalty of the viewers really, you know, um, shows and demonstrates that, right? Because like yeah, like I mean, even though like I go MIA for like a whole month, I upload a video and like my view count is still like what it's expected to be. Like people don't just like flakingly like disappear easily for. And I don't know what it's like for other channels, but for the most part, I find that these like animated channels are like they're very very dedicated to like their content creator right because like i said it's just that connection right like maybe it's high school connections like with teachers and all that kind of fun stuff or maybe like dating experience and like you know um experiences with the opposite sex or like whatever have you right and it's just um it's just such a powerful like connecting tool right because to dive into like another deeper whatever thing um i think it really pertains to the topic of um stories are like an infinite and like an infinite irreplaceable thing right stories are like the it's like the backbone of how we communicate and like ever since right like you go back to like history books or whatever and like you know things are always documented and things are always recorded right so in in this way it's just like a simpler more wholesome simple fun way to you know connect with people right like i tell my story of how i did this this and that and the viewer has either experienced these things or they they live vicariously through it or, you know, they compare and contrast, like I said, and it's really easy to discuss and it's just really easy to talk about it. And that's what makes it more popular and that's what makes it more genuine and connecting, like, with the viewer and the creator or whatever. So that's my little spiel. spiel. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, because animations naturally kind of take longer than yeah. whip out the camera and just start recording. Yeah, I really, like, sometimes I really do wish I could just, like, record, like, half of it, like, visually. Then I also realize, like, 
eh, I'm not much of a camera person like recording myself vlog style or whatever. It saved me a lot of time, but I, I think I really like the um, the animation approach to it too. I also like it because I, I do like to draw. Like that was the core, that was the core thing. That's why I went to, you know, ACAD. And that's how I sort of like, that was like my root, right? And like I was, I had this like, you know, very basic ability to draw. And then once I realized I can make videos with it, then that's when I sort of focused more on that like cute cartoony kind of animated style or whatever. Because when I first started, I could not draw like cuter you know, those fun, simple things. Because like I said in the earlier part of this podcast, my first video was like hot garbage, which I embrace fully. So yeah, it was something that I learned along the way. And yeah, I mean, like I said, <clears throat> in my videos, it's really about how I like having these like little, little subtle connections and all that stuff, right? Like with my drawings and stuff, maybe like, maybe I make references. And it all goes back to the idea of me like connecting with the viewer or whatever, right? So just forming that connection and forming that like, you know, mental or, um, indirect conversation, right? Yeah. So this is gonna sound almost like I didn't listen to your entire nuanced answer. Honestly, at all. I think I I I talked for quite a bit there. <laughs> so. But I am just going to go straight back to my original question and say. Yes. Are your viewers mostly male or female? Okay. Or other. I Actually, know. I think because what really set me up is, um, the video that I made last month. It, it it was the video that really like set my channel on fire for the second time. Um, I made that video about art school kids. Oh, I'll, I'll actually answer the question first. So it was all male initially, or it was like 65, 70% male. And then it shifted to more like 50, 50, or even like 55 or 60% female after that art school video, which I think is like really, you know, interesting or, you know, almost funny or whatever, right? Because I think, yeah, the general population for art schools are mostly, it's like 70% girls or whatever, right? Like in, when I was in ACAD, um, the student ratio was actually like um, seven to three female to male, which is, it was good. <laughs> but yeah, um, female to male audience. Initially, it was like male for the most part, but now it's a lot more, it's close to half now. But I think it's still, it's still up to change for sure. Although I think over time, if it's anything like my other content creators, like my other peers in the same like genre of these like videos, it'll probably like lean out to like more, more males probably. But who knows? I think it's really interesting, though. It kind of just shows how, like, these channels are, like, for... What's so powerful is about how they can, like, um, cater to, like, anybody, really. Like, the age the age range is broad. Gender doesn't really matter. And, you know, it's just... It can appeal to, like, anybody, essentially. Yeah, seven to three, female to male. Right. Typically, though, like, so sometimes it'd be different, but... Sounds kind of like the breakdown of junior high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Were you there when we had to do the the dance unit? Well, I mean, I was there for like a year, so probably. I don't know. Dance seven. unit sucked, though. Did it? Was there too many girls? Well, there's always too many girls because the girls always outnumber the guys. Oh. And I don't. Really, I didn't really remember that part too much. Yeah, I don't remember what grade we did it in. Is why. I think I'm it's every year. That. Social social dance is like an every year thing. Yeah, like, well, social dance is a <laughs> crappy unit. I didn't like gym anyway. I loved gym. Oh my god. In I'm high school. not athletic, so. In high school, I took like 10, 20, 30, and then I took like, I took 30 like again or whatever because I had like spare time, and then I would drop in on people's gym classes when I had spares. Oh, I could not get enough gym. I just loved it. It was fun. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like gym mostly because I had no coordination I almost almost failed the badminton unit how do you fail a badminton unit <laughs> like honest to god I think badminton was like one of those sports that like 
a lot of people could actually play. Exactly. Which just says something. Amazing. How bad I am at every <laughs> sport. But anyway, so yeah, because there's always more girls than guys and it's partner dancing, right. they always make the guys, because there's less of them, choose the girls. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if you were there right. or not. But God, that's a, that kind of feels like it could set up some <laughs> awkward situations. It was awkward, because... I never got picked. Like, right? Yeah. God, I, I thought of so the sad. I thought of dodgeball. Like the first thing's like, oh, captain captain's pick, right? And then like there's like the last pick or whatever. Ugh. And I was also last pick for like those oh, sorts in of general, captain things like, in like sports? elementary Ugh. school and like grade six, grade five. Dang. Just sucked. I can imagine. Just so awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's not really a yeah, that's kind of a fail on the tears part. I mean, you should just do like random you should, you should just roulette that. God. Team, the the whole uh, ooh, captain's pick thing is just it's not a good idea. <laughs> there's this program that I don't know where it is, but there's a program where these adults were concerned that kids who didn't have anyone to play with were, I don't know, that they needed to be coddled or something. So they set up a program where if you sit on this bench. Okay. Oh, my God. It coddles you? Okay, continue. Well, no, no, like, you sit on the bench, and you don't have anyone to play with, so someone will come by and play with you, which just seems really weird and forced. And also sounds very strange on paper. <laughs> yeah, and it also, like, it doesn't help you if you're having a problem, like, getting people to hang with you yeah, because you're weird. because it's social. Isolating yourself yeah. makes it worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good. I don't know why I brought that up, but. Hey, man, whatever, it's genuine. Whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, it's weird. Schools are weird. Elementary schools <laughs> now especially are really weird. Oh, yeah. The farther away that you get from them, you're like, wow, 10-year-olds. What? Yeah. And everyone in my brother's – well, my brother's about to go to junior high. Right. Everyone has fidget spinners. Oh, my God. And they're just spinning them all day in class. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like fidget spinners? I don't have a problem with them. I mean, like – because I feel like whenever there's, like, a big trend, there's the people who do it and who, like, you know, they participated in it. And then there's also the equally annoying people. Or I'm not saying to say that they're annoying, but then the people who make it annoying are the people who call the fad or whatever. They call that thing annoying, and they just, like, they, like, blare it out or whatever, which is, like, equally annoying as being obnoxious about the fad or whatever, right? So it's, like, eh. But, like, fidget spinners, I think they're cool. Like, honestly, you know, being a person who was, like, super into, like, you know, like, anime and, like, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z and stuff, they're, like, some of the really, like, dorky fidget spinners where, like, they'd be, like, ninja like stars. Yeah, yeah, I was, like, a shuriken, like... I wouldn't have a problem with owning that. <laughs> so I think I technically would lean like slightly into fidget spinners or whatever. But I mean, I don't think they're like groundbreaking or anything. I think they're just, they kind of just caught fire and they're just super popular. They're, they're not really like amazing, so to speak, besides the, the fact that they got so popular for not really being anything super specific, right? So people can get fidget spinners on like their nails now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw or, that. Like, I saw posts like, oh my God. Yeah, people people are just pushing the limits, man. It's just meme culture is such a huge and crazy thing. Yeah, it's just like you know things that get, things get popular out of nowhere. Things get like revived or whatever. You mm-hmm. know the whole the whole thing with mourning a gorilla for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people actually voted. Oh yeah, in the yeah. elections. Yeah, I think there's like a couple thousand, which is pretty. It was God, like hilarious. substantial. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I would go that far, guys. <laughs> I feel like things that are on the internet should stay on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because uh, do you watch Dan is not on fire? I have heard of him. Uh, I've seen like snippets. Seems like a cool guy. Has an accent. Because he did a like life 
life of a meme oh no and then the ironic meme use like oh it, yeah it goes yeah. like the meme is born it's funny it progresses it reaches max yeah, capacity yeah, 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 yeah. and then it dies yeah like it, does. it goes on it goes on facebook it flatlines and then it goes into real life oh and god then it's dead Man. you could ironically use it but it's dead yeah for the most part i think yeah i think what's especially funny is like one of the like the big markers for like when a meme is dead is when like a corporate like corporation like catches onto it and like they try to put it into their ad as just like a bunch of these like old out of touch like uh, old people like in a boardroom they're like mm, we gotta throw in that harambe meme it's gonna make the sales go up right so it's just like well it's just like with pepsi when they're like okay well the kids these days they, <laughs> want, they like the advocacy <laughs> oh is that they like, like the, the piece with the jenner i don't know which one it was yeah. Yeah, start with the K. They all start with K. Yeah, they all start with K. Which I... one's the one that's our age? Or it might have been Kendall. I don't know. I really Kendall. It's Kendall. It's yeah, Kendall. Kylie's the young one. Kylie's the younger Kendall's one. Kendall's yeah, the younger one. I don't know. The, I don't know my Kardashian, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. Jenner, West. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too many of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that. Did you know that Pepsi once? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you would know because you watched H H three. I think how they set Michael Jackson on fire. What? Oh, yeah. No, I I recall that. That was like in the deep recessions of my mind. That was like a whole issue, like with the commercial, right? Like they, yeah, like they yeah, set him yeah, on yeah, fire, yeah, yeah. and then people say that that's part of, or maybe the only reason. I don't know. Um, tell me, Michael Jackson's ghost, but why he <laughs> uh, got hooked on medication? Oh yeah, because like the burns. Yeah. Man, that's horrific, actually. Like, I know. The more that I'm, like, letting it, like, sit in. I'm like, he was burned? Yeah. It's, alive. Yeah, it's it's dark. Yeah. No, because, man, that's crazy because that's, like, a early 2000s thing. So it's like, whoa. I just don't know how Pepsi, like, didn't go under from Michael Jackson suing the I crap out of them. I guess so. Oh, that's true, too. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he got, like, a big claim, and one of the one of the terms was you can't, like, publicize how much money you made or whatever. I don't know. Because, God, actually, I think that also um, <clears throat> that also relates to how just, like, um, the mass population has, like, a short attention span. Like, I don't even think that's, like, that's not really even a controversial statement or anything. Like, it's just true, right? Like, things just go, you know, under the public eye and then out, and then it's not, like, an issue anymore for, like, for, you know, who, who knows long or whatever, right? And I think you can also relate that back to, like, <clears throat> um, like, YouTube and content creators is that, you know, what goes viral and, like, what like is super popular can just it can like almost like disappear or not like itself disappear but the attention that it caters or that it gathers can just you know be gone in a day or in a week more realistically right which is sort of like why i really like this like niche of animation and stuff is because there is like a pretty decent level of like loyalty loyalty to the um like the viewers and the content creator right so yeah but yeah man the fact that they uh god how did they not tank after the I whole? Don't know. That's crazy. I think I think it, it'd be a lot worse today. But I think earlier when the internet wasn't as potent, it still it was potent back then. Was it? I don't know what. Or it actually, happened. no. That's true. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't it even was. Know what year? Yeah. I'm so sorry to all my R and B people. <laughs> 2007. At least you didn't get a K-pop fact wrong. Ah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty decent with K-pop. Don't quiz me because I'm then I'm gonna fail. <laughs> yeah, me, me yeah. Too. I did one K-pop dance class. Oh really? I would. Yeah. I would, I'd be down. Honestly, they choreo. Have, like, the girls soon over. It's, it's good. Cause they have Moves them sweet. here. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you can sign up for them, and it's like real, 
real cost effective. It's like five dollars a class. Oh no, that's that's sweet. That's a steal. Yeah, if it's you want to dance, go for yeah. five bucks. What the heck? It's good. Like that's you have good. to sign up for like the whole set, so it's like seventy bucks. But like hey, when man, you break like it for down, a year's it's, worth, like that's it's fine. like good. So. I would, I would, I might look into that maybe. You should do it. <laughs> it's fun. I think the fans, the K-pop fans, the K-pop fans that are also my fans, would very much appreciate that. Assuming they could actually dance it well and not look like an idiot. Or maybe that thing, they would think that's funny, too. Anyways. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Was it a Black BTS Bank. song? Oh, like, ugh, Lisa. Twice. All of them. Jenny. Yeah. So we did a few. Yeah, it was good. thought it was fun. And you don't mm-hmm. have to be good at dance, either. Right? kind of nice. I dig that. It's, it's about trying things, too. I mean, <clears throat> if you always just stay within what, what you're uh, comfortable with, it's just going to you know, live a very bland life. <laughs> well, even if you look at K-pop, music videos right it's not i i'm pretty sure that i mean because i've done Some dance competitively for right. a while and you know it's not complicated mm-hmm. yeah i think because there's um a lot of the choreographers have to account for the fact that they perform it live and they also do some of the singing because there's also like pre-recording obviously because you can't dance at full capacity while singing because you're just gonna <laughs> sound like you're yeah, <laughs> exhaling and inhaling the whole time right but I think they account for the fact that they're multitasking on stage, which is what makes it so simple. And the fact that it's learnable and that the fans can learn it is also a very marketable thing. Um, although I think there are some exceptions for sure. I think like the Not Today choreography for like BTS is like pretty. It's not like it's not like, you know, pro pro, but it's not like you're not going to pick that up in your in your one dance class or whatever. Yeah. So, if you're like a beginner, if you're like. Yeah. I feel like seriously, mm-hmm. like I always tell people and they're always really intimidated to learn dances, even if like, you know, if they're a big K-pop fan, you know, that's yeah. a big draw. And if you just have a mirror, like that's, mm. that's key. Like do it in front of a mirror. Oh God. Yeah. No. Pray for you if you don't have a mirror, which is kind of dumb if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you just do it in front of a mirror, practice for like however long it takes yeah. you. It could be like a week or it could be like a month and mm. you'll be fine. Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's no maneuvers in in at least like the ones that i've seen where that are so hard that like no one unless you're professionally trained could, yeah could do this so because mm-hmm. like i mean yeah it's all that is just like idle dance choreography right like i mean if you look at a big group like twice if you're mm-hmm. oh yeah like they have like nine members they, they can't be too complicated or else it's just gonna look like too overly busy or whatever on stage right so a lot of it is simplified it's like they have like the generic like hand waves and there's like step in step out so it's mm-hmm. like it's really it really is like basic you know, in the textbook definition, it's not anything mind-blowing or groundbreaking. But it's good. It looks good visually, and it goes with the song, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It suits its purpose. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, one million. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a I'm a slut for one million. Anyways. I love one million so much. Oh, <laughs> I love gosh. how they're, like, I love how they're, like, getting more popular. And they're, like, I know. More mainstream I was so happy right? just to see, and especially because I can't usually. I favorite. They're all so nice. My favorite is probably. May J or Sorry. May J, yeah. May J is beautiful. <laughs> I was really sad that they took down the Fifth Harmony Worth It. Oh, that was like one of their most popular videos. I know. It was crazy. Yeah. It had like, I don't know how many, like, I want to say over 20 million. or 50. No, it was crazy. Over like, 50. Over definitely 50 over sure. 50. Like, maybe over 70. I don't know. I would believe it. It was insane. But yeah. I was like, really <clears> sad. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, there are <laughs> other, like, American dance channels that will kind of do the same yeah. thing and they don't get taken down yeah so it makes I'm, me sad that like i mean because like you'd think that out of all the dance like covering and all like the dance choreography channels one million would be able to have like the power to like have like their videos stay i think or it's whatever. 
Honestly, I think it's because they're Korean. Yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> like, I, I really think like that's communicating why. because they're Korean or because like the fact that they're like Korean. No, I think it's communication. Okay, okay. I think it's yeah. just like yeah, harder for them to. Yeah, because like, like their HR and their PR is completely different from. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah, because they're huge. They had the manpower. They just don't. It's the language barrier. Sad face. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a random tangent. I liked it. We'll keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. No, we'll keep it in because that was good. True. Okay, you like going to anime conventions. Do you think you'd ever do, like, a booth? Oh, man. Like, art booth? Yeah, like like any kind of... Oh, no. Totally, man. Because a big thing for me was, like I said, YouTube was only a very recent thing for me, right? Like, I only thought of doing YouTube as a career, and I only took it seriously, like, not even a year ago. Okay, well... 11 months and like 15 days, kind of keeping track. But yeah, it was a very recent goal. And before that, like I said, I went to ACAD. I went to art school for illustration and graphic design. And a big a big thing or a big reason why I went for that was because I was like just so inspired by like, you know, that um, anime, um, like that subculture of like illustration and anime and, you know, Western comics and like Marvel and all that stuff. I really loved like all that like concept art and like, you know, like you see those like posters and you're just like in awe, like you're like, wow, that's just like, that's going to be like an amazing movie or it looks amazing. Like it could be hot garbage, but like it looks amazing or whatever. Right. I was really big into like, you know, those visual arts and stuff. And I really admired like all these different illustrators and stuff. And I really loved like narrative storytelling. And I really wanted to like be a part of that. My end game actually, when I first entered college was be, would to be, or would be a like concept artist for like a video game company or like an illustrator for like, you know, comic books or like freelancing, like with comic books or movie posters or any of that kind of stuff, promotional, promotional illustrations so that was like what i really wanted to do when i first entered and then you know after after you know staying in the year and kind of like feeling myself out more and like learning more about myself i still really liked it but i didn't know if i was still like if i was still like in line with being able to like compete with these more like even more hardcore die die hard kids who are wanting to get into the same job as me and then i realized after a while that this youtube thing became an opportunity it was more suited to like my personality because like I like talking to people and I like expressing myself and I really like that communication aspect. And that was something that was sort of more like lacking from the illustration and concept art department. Like obviously you're still talking to people, but it's more like about like your technical skills or like is the very first thing. Like if you're good, then you're good. Right. But for me, I really liked almost like, you know, not messing around, so to speak, but like I really was more like easygoing and I liked messing around and making people laugh. So this whole like YouTube persona thing, was like a huge you know um appeal to that so going back to the original question because i went on a huge tangent just now i really do want to have a booth and i really do want to have merchandise which is more than just like the arrow story merchandise like for the fans but i also want to have like <clears throat> original designs that i want to sell like on like clothes or on phone cases and charms and stickers and buttons on the, on all that stuff it's something that i just need to um commit more practice to for now because um, my art works for the youtube show but for like actual designs and stuff, there's a lot more for me to improve and, you know, contribute to. And then I think, you know, one, two, three years, I'll have like, I'll definitely have like a fully functioning organized booth for sure. So, yeah. Sell online merch. Oh, God, please. <laughs> so then I don't have to depend on the adpocalypse money because that is seriously like a scary thing. But yeah. But I'm imagining that because of your demographics and also because of the content you make it's not like super scandalous so at least scandalous as in like like 
you know, like talking about R-rated things. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it, a lot of like what the problem is like people with more like semi-controversial, um, you know, videos or whatever, they're the ones getting taken down or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's still, it's it's kind of like along the idea of, okay, well, I don't have to worry right now, but then who who knows? Like, in, if they have the power to take away from these people, what's to stop them from cutting more wages or just cutting people, you know, out completely, even if they RPG in, you know, a year or two years or whatever, in whatever time frame, right? So it's just the fact that they can take it away so easily is what is the scary thing, I think. Even though um, the PG people are, like, pretty, like, safe for the most part, like, knock on wood, but... um. Yeah, I think it's just the the idea that they can take it away so easily, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. And also because, you know, YouTube's getting kind of less about broadcast yourself and more about Appeal. let's be TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I really want I want to believe that, you know, the people who, like, who, like, stay true to their content and, like, make good content and, you know, keep up a reasonable schedule and, like, connect with your audience, I'm hoping what I'm trying to be, like, um, I'm hoping that they're, they'll be the people who can, like, really you know, survive this, like, changing YouTube environment, right? Because it really is, it's so, it's violently changing for the most part, right? I mean, like, YouTube was, like, basically non-existent, like, 12 years ago or whatever. It wasn't existent in the fact that it could be a career for people, right? But now, like, you know, thousands of people, it's their livelihood, right? So, yeah, I think it's just about, you know, um, keeping your integrity as a creator and hoping that the system doesn't uh, change on you or switch up on you or whatever, right? So Yeah, I guess... Like, I'm just strictly a viewer, right? So yeah. it's interesting to see that, yeah, YouTube is kind of bringing in, like, celebrities and stuff, like The Yeah. Rock. Oh, yeah. There's, like, seven bucks production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so <clears> that's <throat> kind of, like, a little bit strange, kind of like how yeah. it's a bit of an invasion of, like, whoa, why are yeah, you I not think, from here? Actually, yeah. One of my big, you asked me earlier, like, things I wanted to talk about. Um, a huge thing for, like, that whole concept of, like, you know, YouTube broadcast yourself Um something that like no matter how big or like how much money like a corporation has they can't replicate that same idea or that same like genuine feeling that you know some kid from their room can create because you know for the most part like yes like companies can have like reps and stuff but like at its core companies don't have like a face that you can like directly associate to like they have they have like yeah they have like actual like um representatives and ambassadors but you can't be like, oh, the you know who's the face of Pepsi, and you can't really draw an answer. It's just like this big company or whatever, right? But if you, th- if you think of people like you know like Ryan Higa or you know any like big name YouTubers, even like PewDiePie or whatever, there's like a face, there's a persona attached to that idea and that channel, right? And that's what people really love because it's genuine and it's something that they can relate to, or they just really like who that person is, right? So I think. The Rock is almost sort of an exception because The Rock is The Rock. He's himself, right? Mm -hmm. So he kind of, like, carries that genuine, like, feel to his channel or his company, I guess, because that's what it is, Productions, Seven Bucks Productions. But, like, for the most part, like, if they try to push all these, like, big brand people onto YouTube, I think it really is going to, like, mess with the ecosystem that is, like, YouTube, which it is doing because, I mean, it's really, you know, how is a kid in his room going to compete with, you know, literally a team of people or whatever, right? So I think I would like to say that I hope that the content could speak for itself and defend itself. But, you know, if if YouTube decides to make these changes, like if they change the algorithm more or like they favor like these more like production based channels that like have funding and stuff, it's really going to like it. It's just going to throw things into disarray for the most part. Like you don't know, like how are the smaller channels going to survive if they only like favor the like the bigger funded ones. Right. So, yeah, it's really that idea of forming genuine connection and i i want that to be the thing that defines a youtube channel and i want that to be i want that to be the thing that makes channels successful right 
because I think um, another semi tangent is just like you know some channels like they have a lot of money they have a lot of like a lot of people they know they just throw those onto the screen and like that attracts views or whatever right like they're like oh I'm in LA I'm going back to that like idea or whatever like I'm on this like water jet jet ski and I'm doing like this jump off or whatever and like there's high EDM music in the background right and I kind of want more like genuine content to be like prominent I guess yeah well we're living kind of in the era of like person as publisher yeah that's true so yeah a person just a random person can have more influence and yeah. power than mm-hmm. well-established companies mm-hmm. publications I think like PewDiePie would almost be like one of the the apex of that um yeah and then i don't understand honestly why places like the wall street journal just go at him so yeah, hard because i mean I'm like he's not doing anything like, yeah if you just i don't know it, it it really is at this point like if you watch the video it's clear it's just comedic humor yeah it was in bad taste but it, yeah. it wasn't in context it's not it doesn't make him like a neo-nazi or yeah, anything exactly. it doesn't it doesn't devalue him as like a creator okay well i mean like it maybe devalues like his image so to speak but i mean it was in bad taste it was like mm-hmm. a very sarcastic and like the fact that it was so absurd and that he knows like he was acting in a way that he knew like how absurd it was it's something that shouldn't be taken you know for factor like for example or whatever right yeah. it doesn't represent like who pewdiepie is or what he tries to stand for well it's just so weird and awkward because it's almost like if i just took a clip out of what you said and rearranged yeah. it to suit whatever I want to, whatever mm-hmm. narrative I want to push, right? Yeah, and I think, I think there, there, this is also one of the debating things about, like, that whole scandal with PewDiePie was that, like, can PewDiePie go after Wall Street Journal for, like, defamation? Because that's essentially what it was. They were taking something out of context. Like, I think it's important to acknowledge the difference between, okay, so yes, this was in bad taste, and in bad taste it was, like, racist and all these things, but he wasn't pushing any sort of, like, agenda to, like, you know... um, be like anti-semi i can't i can't remember the word but he wasn't yeah he wasn't trying to push that agenda or anything he just made you know a stupid joke and it was absurd and that's what it was it was literally only that it wasn't you know he wasn't trying to like you know raise a whole legion of you know these new neo-nazis or whatever by doing this like stupid thing um but yeah i mean to me it also shows how kind of like out of touch like the wall street pr team was in that move right because i mean pewdiepie like for lack of a better word he's like the hero of the people in terms of like youtube right he's this like random cool swedish guy with uh or at least he had an accent he's like more (laughs) he's more english now for the most part but like you know he's like here are the people right he's like the biggest youtuber and he's like the face of youtube or whatever with all his power and influence and the fact that like wall street would try and like take that image and like corrupt it or whatever which they were semi-successful at and like for them to try and like corrupt that it's like there's no real reason to because it's not like a serious character he's not portraying like a serious endeavor like with his actions by you know making that dumb joke or whatever yeah i know like and it is like kind of libelous because it's a lie <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's it's just a, i don't know it's just a, a terrible way to approach things i guess it was just a huge fail in communication i guess yeah or even just intention or and you have to be- like it thought. almost seems like it you know, that the Wall Street Journal wants him to fail. Yeah, exactly. And I think, oh my God, I what I really liked about one of his videos where he responded and it was like it was like a huge like hell yeah moment for like the <laughs> YouTube community. It was just like it was it was that topic that I just talked about. And PewDiePie directly states, 
and he says like he he makes that statement that you know the wall street journal and other big companies are afraid of these like small and upcoming you know content creators on this platform like youtube and how they've garnered so much attention and influence and power and money right and to them to these like big companies it's like it's scary to them because they don't know if they could be like kicked out of this they don't know if they could like lose money or if they could be like replaced by like you know, these like no-name kids or whatever but they're not no-name kids anymore they're like the new um i guess they're like the new anchors in this like new media and yeah this new media exactly right so yeah i think it's a it's a huge thing and for them to i don't want to like make too many implications obviously and to like say it's like oh wall street's like taking them down because he is that like new media but i think there are some conclusions that can be made that show that you know is wall street journal like are they intimidated by these like you know new creators or whatever right so i mean it's not obviously like the whole company like like you said like almost with with a company it's too broad to really say that yeah exactly all of wall street journal is against yeah it's just a few people Mm -hmm. maybe like the one writer and the editor yeah they might be (laughs) they might be two at the top though (laughs) for yeah who knows yeah misqualified but places like i don't know the verge right places like that (laughs) and and it is it's young people it's like people our age yeah exactly i mean a lot of these yeah it's weird it's just like it's like an out of touch kind of i think that's where like the problem is i mean yeah kind of like clouded clouded actions i mean you know you chase stories and you try to get clicks Mm -hmm. that's kind of yeah oh yeah i i've always uh that whole idea that culture like that subculture of clickbait journalism and all that stuff Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah and i think yeah i mean if that's like one of their like main sources of like um garnering attention that also just shows right because people aren't clicking for they're interested in like the wall street journal itself or because it's the wall street but because it's like the caption is something scandalous or controversial Mm -hmm. so kind of like tabloid stuff (laughs) that's true yeah i don't know i don't read a lot of those sorts of things yeah i try to i try to stay away from it try some of the some of the headlines can be pretty interesting <laughs> depending on what you're into uh that's pretty heavy mm-hmm. i think we should talk about something lighter for five minutes and then wrap this up okay i thought you were gonna say in the and go darker again oh okay oh my gosh no it's because it's 3 31 <laughs> sure so more wholesome things yes um okay oh i think uh, so in that vein of you mentioned like things that i, I might want to talk about so something that i'm really happy about is um i i do believe that representation and you know being a young kid and having something that represents you and what you like believe in or like what you're into i think that's a huge thing right like growing up it's important to have role models of some sort or someone to look up to right and for me i feel like um as a kid um you know i was put in a lot of like public schools and like um when i was little and i and whenever it came to like communities and stuff i was never a part of like these like asian or filipino communities Right. So when I whenever I was in school, all of my, my all of my friends are like white or, you know, European or whatever. And that was cool. Like I loved all of my friends and all that stuff. But when we got older, it kind of got to this point where we weren't like thinking in the same way or we didn't have the same like beliefs or like even just like fun hobbies. And that's when like my friendships with them sort of like teetered and like they became a little bit like less genuine. Right. So a lot a lot of like throughout the later years in high school, I kind of found myself I was just like I was either just like talking to like friends out of just like obligation rather than like wanting to and it was just like because i had like no one nothing to genuinely connect myself to them with right and what i'm happy to do like as a new content creator is i like to really like try to express myself like who i genuinely am 
and I really like to express my interest like oh like I'm a huge like anime nerd or whatever like I'm into k-pop I'm all about like making these like fun drawings and like making drawings and I want to <clears throat> kind of put that like positive energy into like the the community or into the viewer community also right so because I, I get a lot of comments like oh man like Errol watches this show or he watched this show or like he likes this band and it makes me like really happy to see those comments because for me as a kid I never had like someone that I looked up to who was also into the same things that I was into until I was like like 18 or 17 18 because up until that time from the age of like 12 to like 18 so basically junior high and high school I was like at a disconnect with a lot of like my peers which is fine because I fit in and I could make jokes and I could still be funny but it wasn't something that I was like you know interested in which would be specifically like anime or whatever like that kind of that niche in Asian culture or whatever right so I'm really happy to like um, put that you know representation into the into the community and I'm really happy to put that perspective in there and yeah it's really wholesome like I mean some of these kids are like like it's so funny to see them like freak out through the comments and like it's in like half caps lock and all that stuff and like they have like an anime icon or something I'm like that was me when I was 12 or whatever right and they're like yeah they're, they're, they're just like geeking out and it's like the funniest thing because I always see like oh like that that could have been me or that that was me like um you know, five or whatever years ago, right? So, yeah. Yeah, we're not so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. Still kids. Yeah, really. exactly, right? I really try to hold on to that, like, while I'm making content because I, d- I don't have to see myself as, like, this hardened, jaded adult or whatever, especially mm-hmm. I'm not even 20 yet, so. <laughs> yeah, still teenagers. Right. I'm, I'm still in that teen, uh, still in that teenage for a few months. But yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm going to be sad once I'm not a teenager. Right. Anymore. I just really like that. Um, um, it just comes with like a li- that little teenage like ignorance and like carefreeness. That, that's like a huge thing, uh, which is also why I really like making these videos, because it contributes to that. And it, it feeds that like um, I don't know if I could call it a culture almost, but just like it like feeds to that time in your life where you're just like, you know, you're figuring yourself out and you're developing but you have these like little things that like really make you happy. Like for me, when I was a little kid, I really liked watching like anime or whatever. Like if it was like One Piece or Pokemon, or or Pokemon, I should say, and then Dragon Ball Z, right? I loved like you know getting up on the weekend and watching that stuff. And then for me to think that like um, my Arrow story videos could be like that thing that kids like wake up for in the morning if I get a good schedule running. Like if that's the thing that they'll look forward to, like that like that pumps me up because like that was for me when I was a kid watching those shows. Like that was like so impacting for me like it was a huge impact and like it's still it's something that kind of like carved um it carved my identity into who i am today or it affected it right so for me to be that person that content creator it's like it's a huge like like wow like things have come like full circle or whatever right yeah no definitely because like i watched so much ryan higa and smosh yeah oh my gosh it's crazy how ryan higa is still in the game man i know mm-hmm. and then you know once i found jenna marvels yeah like, all of that just kind of Mm-hmm. no it's good youtube's good yeah it's it's a it's up and down i think for anything like that can be said by anything but i think youtube especially it's very up and down it's all it's always evolving it's a it's an ever-evolving beast mm-hmm. but it's it's really interesting to be like in the in the prime of its change or in the prime of its growth right because like we don't like we don't know it's it's unpredictable right because if it was i mean then like i don't know i guess anybody could take over or whatever but for the most part it's just like no one no one can predict what will happen right and that's that's kind of the unknown like the unknown aspect of it makes it so exciting that was errol's story and you're listening to watch this space you can follow errol at instagram twitter youtube everything at e-r-o-l-d story special thanks to 88.5 fm cjsr for the studio space the university of alberta for housing cjsr and smoothies for powering my life i'm victoria chu 
Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>